Hi, I'm TJ. And I am Joseph. And this is Hi-Fi. Happy Thanksgiving, Joseph. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Many Thanksgivings indeed. I felt yes. like there should be a Thanksgiving carol and I, I want to break out in the song. <laughs> but, uh, God rest all you gentlemen. Let none of you dismay. Yeah. I think you're in the wrong season, Joe. <sighs> uh, almost that's, there. That's, that's, ad, that's uh, Advent, Christmas. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's coming up. Although that's we, how a lot of people feel this year. They want to skip Thanksgiving. But let's not do that. Let's be thankful. Let's not. No, no, no. We have a lot to be thankful for. Um, so do you have any Thanksgiving traditions? Uh, I, I can tell you our tradition is we uh, put up the tree after Thanksgiving on Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving on Thursday. Yes. For Christmas. That is yeah. one of the finest traditions, and we keep to that as well. And we're still trying to make some because the kids are old enough that they can be a part of making some new family traditions. And one of those that I've really enjoyed that my wife brought into our family life was the night before Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving's Eve, we eat pizza because that makes it easier for her to plan the Thanksgiving dinner, you know? She doesn't have to worry about pizza, you know, dinner. So I take care of uh, Thanksgiving's Eve. Yeah, it's one family tradition I like. I got to tell you, I I love pizza. It's one of my great loves in life. And unfortunately, I really haven't had any in months because of my diet and my health yeah. issues. So. <laughs> but I'm, well, if you I'm celebrated actually, with us, you know, you would. I, I'm actually – so I'm keeping to my diet and my strict diet and my uh, exercise regimen until Thursday. And I'm taking Thursday and Friday off. I'm going to eat whatever I want and I'm planning on having pizza on Friday. Also popcorn. I haven't had popcorn in months and so I'm planning on doing that Friday. Nice. <laughs> so I have I have all these things that I'm looking forward to, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to be making the popcorn uh, strings for the first time to decorate. Oh, hang around, yeah. Well, my wife is, and she's introducing the idea and wants okay. the kids involved. So I, I don't have anything against it. We've just never done that. It's not a thing that we do. Oh, yeah. Now, now <sighs> we are going to be hosting Thanksgiving with our family at our house, and I am pleased as punch. I just cannot wait to do it. We are a bigger family than ever. My brother got married, and we're going to have our grandmother on board too. So I'm looking nice. forward to good times. Very nice. Well, Joseph, uh, so it is the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. Uh, if you're an international listener, um, bear with us. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of the things I'm thankful for is Saturday I spent uh, my day getting my Hackintosh in a position where it can be upgraded to Big Sur when I'm ready to do that. Um, so I'm going to go a little nerdy here for a minute, Joe. I know me, right? I'm, who could imagine? <laughs> um, so uh, with my Hackintosh, I was using a bootloader called Clover, which – Essentially, uh, so all computers uh, that we uh, – any modern computer has what's called a bootloader. Macs have them. Windows computers have them. And these days, those bootloaders are uh, a firmware or software called uh, EFI uh, or done with a system called EFI or Extensible Firmware Interface, I think it stands for. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, it is what starts the uh, computer and um, – and then from there, it loads the operating system that you tell it to load. On Macs, of course, Apple has their proprietary whatever uh, EFI operating system. It's a, it's a little mini operating system. It looks for other operating systems, big boy operating systems that it can get started. 
Uh, so if you are using Boot Camp, for instance, on a Mac, it will show you, if you hold down Option when you're booting, it will show you uh, the, the disk with Boot Camp and the disk with Mac OS that you can boot from. Uh, so on my Hackintosh, I was using uh, Clover, uh, as the bootloader. That was, um, at least when I made my, created my Hackintosh, that was the bootloader firmware that was all the rage. Over the last three years since I've had this Hackintosh, is that three years, 17, 18, yeah, three years. Uh, so over the last three years, that has uh, fallen behind. They're, they're working on getting it back up to date, but a new bootloader that is better in pretty much every way has supplanted it, and it is already Big Sur compatible, and Clover isn't really. Uh, and that is called OpenCore. And so I spent Saturday huh. getting that all up to date. <laughs> this is the sort of elbow grease you have to be willing to put in if you have a Hackintosh like me. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I spent the, uh, I spent Saturday, uh, getting my bootloader in place so that it will, I will be able to just click the button and update to Big Sur. And it, OpenCore actually surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but it actually mimics Mac OS's bootloader a lot more than Clover did. It, like if you use the, um, I can't remember the name of the theme, but if it's, it's part of, it's almost it's like it's in the same repo as, as OpenCore. And if you put it in there, when it boots up and, and the splash screen comes up, it looks just like it was a Mac. So, or, oh. you know, the screen where you can choose your operating system. So that's really fun and fun to me anyway. So I'm, I'm now ready in a, you know, several months to upgrade, upgrade to Big Sur. Excellent. Speaking of Big Sur, too, the other thing that I did, Joe, it, this is so nerdy. I just I couldn't stand it as my apl- applications are updating here and there. Some of them look like the Big Sur icons, you know, the, 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 the dock icons, and some of them are not. And so I also spent Saturday updating all my icons from various sources. I, I found a main, a main source for Big Sur enabled icons for apps that have not updated yet. And so mm-hmm. it's pretty easy on Mac OS to change icons of applications. So I did that. <laughs> I'm looking at your example right now. It's a pretty good list. It's a good looking doc. I like what you did there. Um, hmm. So... Uh, <sighs> It's interesting to really think about it when everything's around the wreck. The only one that's not is the trash can. Huh. That is interesting. Is that true on the actual Big Sur? It's true. Yeah. My huh. trash can okay. doesn't look all that different from yours. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't mind the trash can being, because it, it is a different thing, but everything else is an application. And I feel like now that I've seen the round wrecked style, and I'm I'm fine for applications like my the uh, the icon I chose for Spark, my mail app, it, the the envelope actually peeks up over the top of the round rect. I, I actually like applications that do that, but I also like the uniformity of the round rect. So it's a very good look. I am maybe ninety percent of the way there. I have Pocket Cast, Podcast Chapters, Telegram, Spark, One Password. For some reason, One Password did update, and it's gotten the Big Sur treatment. But for some reason, I can't install it. So really? I, I, I just been putting that off until I can get to it and figure out what's going on. Yeah. One password was one I did not have to update myself because, uh, it updated and it was ready for big Sur with its icon. So, well, I will not be updating during the podcast because I'm very thankful for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you're thankful for the podcast. What, what are you thankful for Joe? I thought we would have a segment where we would uh, talk about what we're thankful for it being Thanksgiving. And the whole idea of Thanksgiving is that we're giving thanks for, for what we have. What are you thankful for, man? Oh, 
this is kind of fun. I don't usually get to talk about this on a tech podcast. Yeah. But I would say, can I, as I know as a theme, we would highlight things that are that we're thankful for from technology. But I, I'll also say, I just got to say that I'm very thankful for many of the other normal blessings that we have in life. Since this is a Thanksgiving, can I call it a Thanksgiving spectacular? Like sure. a Thanksgiving extravaganza? <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I'm thankful for my house. This has been treating me really well for a year and a half. And it's one of the homes I know I'm going to remember fondly eventually when we do move. But it's a beautiful piece of property with a lot of space uh, outdoors. And I love the trees. Uh, it's a very uh, just charming place that my wife and kids have all enjoyed. And then even though uh, you know the 2020 has been a trying year in some ways, it's been really just great for my marriage to be able to work from home since March and spend more time with my wife and uh, be there for her and her for me in ways and having each other's company through this kind of you know stressful period. Then also speaking of my wife, I've really appreciated that since we've been married just for a few years, well, not quite two years, but you know, almost we're getting there. Uh, we have discovered how similar our entertainment tastes are. I'm actually pleasantly surprised to find that she enjoys things like Star Trek. Nice. And we, we've enjoyed a lot of good entertainment together. She's introduced me to a lot of mysteries and suspense and it's been great. Then how about you? You want to mention a couple of things? Yeah, I mean, so specifically like tech related, but also I have a lot of non-tech things that I'm thankful for, but tech related, like I'm very thankful to be doing a podcast with you again. Uh, and I'm finally in a place in my life. I mean, we stopped podcasting together because I just got to a place in my life where I couldn't continue podcasting and not making money off of it. And um, I needed to be doing other things, but I've, I've gotten to a much better place in my life. Uh, so I'm very thankful to be doing a podcast with you. Um, I'm super thankful for the the fact that um i get to work from home um and i i have technology that enables me to do that like i really love living in this modern era i know it has its downsides uh, but i think it has a lot of upsides and i'm thankful for them uh so i love living in this era where i can work from home and i'm just so thankful for that um I'm thankful for my wife and my children. Um, I'm just super thankful that God has blessed me in that way. Um, I, I couldn't imagine a life any different than what I have, and I think that's something to be very, very thankful for. And I'm I'm super thankful for. Uh, I know many people aren't as fortunate. Maybe if you're listening to this show and you're not as fortunate, I'm you know <laughs> I feel for you a lot. But I'm thankful that even during this time of lockdowns and quarantines and COVID that I continue to have a job that has been doing well and that pays well. Um, and I'm thankful that I can afford uh, the technology that allows me to work from home and to have that job. Um, and it just sort of feeds off each other. I'm thankful for uh, the food that we have on the table because of that job. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a real blessing. Uh, last year, uh, this was before COVID, obviously, but this is <laughs> indeed even more thankful that I have a job that continues to pay me. We bought a house last year. Um, we'd been renting for four years, four, five, five years. Uh, yeah, we'd be, we had been renting for five years, and we bought a house last year, and so I'm thankful for that. And one of the reasons I'm thankful for that, Joe, is I was really sad that my kids I, – I grew up with a dog. 
and then when he got old we got, and passed away, we got another dog uh, when I was a teenager. And so I always had a dog. Um, and, and because of our various living situations over the years, our first – our starter home, which we wound up being in way too long for various uninteresting reasons, did not have a good place for us to have a dog. And then um, the house that we were renting, it was just – I mean I, we technically could have, but there was just too much hassle and too much worry to have a dog and there was no fence, no yard oh. and stuff like that. So we just didn't have a dog. And so now that we have a, a backyard, a fenced-in backyard and our own house, we finally have a dog. And so my kids aren't completely missing out on that. And the only debt that – again, I know I'm, I'm in a such fortunate position and that's why I'm so thankful. The only debt that we have in our life is the house. Like we have no consumer debt. We have no other medical debt right now and it's just wonderful. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for friends like you, Joseph, um, who uh, have been a great encouragement to me over the years. Uh, and, uh, the last thing I'll mention here is despite, cause I'm, I feel like I'm rambling on now, but despite <laughs> facing various medical challenges over the last year, I'm thankful for modern medicines and, and doctors who have been able to help me with my health. So those oh, are the yeah. things that, that I'm thankful for. Awesome. That's a very good list. You were saying about working from home and being able to have things and like enjoy the, the pet, the dog. I'm grateful for along the same lines, a pretty unique situation that my son has taken an interest in beekeeping. And that is something that we're looking forward to doing together. And we're going to continue to talk with friends that are beekeeping and learn things from them, but having sort of a support network already around us that we didn't realize existed until my son brought it up. He was like, Hey, we can do bees. I'd love to do bees with you. And I was like, this sounds like a great idea. So as it turned out, we already had friends that are very knowledgeable about bees and they're going to help us out too. And so the, the bees to us are kind of like your dog and uh, we're looking forward to getting a queen. Hmm. Very nice. Do you have anything else you're thankful for? Yeah. Well, since we are podcasting, we did take a hiatus a while and it's been really refreshing to be able to pick up a two shows so I I do produce some podcasts professionally, and that scratches my creative itch, but it's also not necessarily the topics that I would produce on my own accord. So it's been really fun to work with this podcast with you. It's been very refreshing to find the time and keep in touch and discuss various topics of interest for both of us because yes. we have a hi-fi. Then my other podcast, which is Equinox, which has been a huge blessing, uh, getting to know my co-host, Dr. Robert Carter, better. And he's a great guy. Glad that I could share so many great conversations with him. He does seem like a great guy. I hope I can meet him someday. Yeah, we'll find a way. And thankfully, you're not too far away. So anytime nah. we do want to drive one way or the other, we can get together. Yeah, um, I'm also super grateful that in spite of how stressful and challenging circumstances could be, being more sedentary, staying at home, uh, my wife and I have been found finding new ways to exercise and do it together and being healthier and uh, kind of finding just a unique way to get through staying at home and you know, not going out so much. Then, um, But I'm also really happy that uh, lately the kids have been at that really fun of their that fun age between 10 and 12. And we've been able to do a lot of fun things together. We haven't been able to do before. They like to play baseball and I'm able to teach my son baseball a lot. 
and then able to do things with computer games and video and the like with my daughter that she has taken a personal interest in. And I really enjoy one thing I'm very grateful for TJ is that every year when we have Thanksgiving, it's the autumn weather outside and autumn weather in Georgia Mm -hmm. is just really super pleasant. And it's been a great series of weeks of days and I, I couldn't be happier about the the coolness of the air and the color in the trees and the crispness of the air. It's been delightful. And yeah. I'll, I'll round this out with my the two things in technology I'm really enjoying. Well, let's make it three. I'm very grateful this year for that that one thing that God has been uh, generous with what we could afford for my job. So. Earlier this year, I needed an upgrade. I needed to replace a dying Mac, a dying Mac Pro. And we were able to get an iMac 5K. And it has been the best computer I've ever used in every way. Um, I love this display. I love how well it works. It's much less bug. F- it's, <laughs> I encounter so few bugs. It's, it's amazing. I didn't think that I could nice. encounter so few bugs. Yeah. Uh, on professional applications as well as the day-to-day things. And it also doubles as a, uh, right now I have, the, because I am working from home, I'm using my bedroom. And and my wife and, her, and I are able to use this as a television when we want to. Um, so then there's Big Sur. I'm actually really enjoying Big Sur. Uh, it's been refreshing because Mac OS X was really long. <laughs> and it's great <laughs> to see a new take on it. And I'm really happy about HomePods because I've gotten into the HomePod Mini and I got my first last week and I picked up a second one today. And I'm getting another one as soon as it's available in the other color next month. So the HomePods have been really a treat to spread around the house. And uh, I think everybody in the family likes them. You know, it's funny when you say the iMac 5K, you didn't realize you could experience so few bugs. It's it's a little interesting. Um, I, I find the same thing with my Hackintosh, which strangely enough, you would think a Hackintosh might be full of bugs. But like other than the oh, yeah. elbow grease you have to put in uh, occasionally, like to build it. And then like when I had to put in elbow grease to update the bootloader to be able to run Big Sur eventually – just day-to-day use and using it, like, I find, I, I think it's just because it's so powerful, it kind of masks any problems that might come up. Um, I think a lot of bugs are related to maybe memory leaks or um, overuse of memory, not enough memory being available or the, not enough processing power, and so the system slows to a crawl, and that just never happens on my on my Hackintosh because it's such a powerful, you know, it's got a lot of RAM and it's a super powerful processor, and I feel like you're probably seeing the same thing with that iMac 5K. Yep, makes sense. And it, it, it bodes very well that even technologies that neither of us are taking advantage of yet because we're not using Apple's M1 chips, yeah, they're in our future and the future mm-hmm. is looking pretty bright. Yeah, just side note, I was reading a few articles this week or f- reviews and, and comparisons of the of the M1 chip. And you got to remember, we're looking at Apple's low-end offerings and they're blowing everything else away. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. I'm quite confident that my next uh, – w- once I'm ready to retire this Hackintosh, my next computer will be an actual Apple hardware of some kind because they're making interesting computers again. So yep. that's another thing I'm thankful for is that Apple – Rather than abandoning the Mac like it seemed like they were going to do, they're actually – they said, you know what? We're going to do the Mac right, and we're going to do what right by the Mac, and I'm very thankful for that. I honestly 
I, having spent some time in the Windows world, uh, as you know, and as I've talked about on the mm-hmm. show, I, I could do it, but I'm I, my love has always been the Mac, and I was so sad that Apple was not putting in the effort. And I'm I'm just so happy that they are again, and I can love the Mac again. Very good, very good. Yeah, and it does look really good for. Yeah. It recommending to anybody, it's made, easy, made it easier for all of us that are in technology to make recommendations to our family Absolutely. whenever they want to make upgrades. If somebody asks me what they need, you know, what what to get computer wise, and they're a regular user, they need a laptop, and for some reason, like I might even recommend the iPad depending on their needs. But if they actually need a computer, I unlike before, I have no hesitations. Finally, just recommending a, a, a MacBook Air like the M1 MacBook Air. That is absolutely what I would recommend to anybody needing a laptop that's a normal, not a power user. And yeah. it, it, it is a, yeah. it is made without reservation. Like it used to be like, I would think, oh, but, but you're giving up this and it's, it's going to be a little bit slower and you're probably going to hear the fans kick up and it's not going to have, da, 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 da. it's like, no, I have no reservations in recommending the M1 Mac mini now. Yeah, I couldn't be happier. It's a good time to be an Apple fan or it an is. Apple enthusiast really or just, a guy who uses Apple technology, if you're too cool for that. <laughs> so this week, our main topic, how meta of us, is podcasts. And I thought we would talk about what podcasts were subscribed to. But then as I got to running doing the show outline, I realized, first of all, when we're talking about podcasts, I have some pet peeves. I am a podcast Things you're consumer. not thankful for? Is that what things, you're saying? N- no, more things that I want to point out to people. Oh, uh, blessings I, I, in disguise. I, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I um, I am a podcast consumer, and I have been a podcast consumer for many years. And in the last many several years, I'd say about half of the time I've been, you know, the so I listened to podcasts for several years, then I started producing them, and I took a small hiatus, but I'm back producing them. So I feel like I have a lot of valid opinions on the production qualities and mixing and editing um, and stuff like that. But first of all, first and foremost, my podcast pet peeves, Joe, an episode of a podcast is not a pod (laughs) and a podcast (laughs) itself is also not a pod. You would not believe how many people say pod. Yeah. We put out an episode of the pod or this podcast pod that we're doing, you know, it's just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, stop it. No, 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 no. You what sound are these like podcasts an, you're listening to where the people talk in these horrible ways? They're not the tech podcasts. Uh, podcasts like my podcast about Star Trek. Um, podcasts ah. um, from uh, a, a lawyer podcast, of a conservative lawyer that I listen to. Uh, he, <laughs> it's just, no, it is not a pod. The podcast, the show is not a pod, and the episodes of that show are not a pod. It's just not. Just don't. Just stop. Well, we could clarify for everyone listening to this who's skeptical. If you understand the history of the name, it all goes back to when Apple introduced that podcasts were what we called these things that we downloaded onto our iPods. So a podcast had nothing to do with the format of the content. It had to do with the hardware. You put the content on. Oh, you see? Did I just expand your mind? Did you see that brainwave go by? Yeah. Everybody just got it. They figured it out. See, it had nothing to do with the content. It was always the hardware. Right. And, and it, even though it's still called a podcast, it, 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 the device still travels in our pocket that most of us listen to podcasts on. And it's still... And tr- yeah. It, and, you know, historically as well, 
Steve Jobs did say, well, let's introduce a new device. It is a phone, an internet communicator, and an iPod. And a touchscreen iPod. That's right. Yeah. So it's still an iPod. Absolutely. It still is. Nobody calls it that anymore. No, a podcast, when you say podcast, you are referring to a show that is syndicated via RSS feed on the internet. That's what a podcast is. That It's a thing that is freely available for anyone with a podcast app to consume and download. That's what a podcast is. You could also refer to a podcast as a show. I tend to refer to Hi-Fi as a show. I'll call it a podcast or a show, whatever. The items in that podcast are called episodes. <laughs> They're not Which pods. makes sense. I mean, if you wanted to go crazy, you could call them chapters, but... I mean, you got to be cool enough to be like the Mandalorian to do that. Well, also, that would be confusing because episodes can have chapters, so we don't call them chapters. They're episodes. Ah, yes. That's a good point. That's using the old noodle. Yeah. (laughs) So mixing and editing. Um, This is, uh, again, the the less professional, more less tech-driven podcasts that I listen to. This can be a problem. All hosts and guests on an episode should be mixed to the same level. Excessive talking over one another should be edited out or fixed, (laughs) okay? Pauses are problems, particularly if those are related to uh, the technology that the hosts and guests are using to talk to one another should also be edited out. Masters should be normalized at roughly minus 16 luffs. There's a little bit of room there. Your ear can't differentiate a couple of deep decibels, but generally this should be um, mixed to minus 16 luffs. Now, what are luffs? Um, Luffs are a standard that it stands for loudness units relative to full scale. Uh, These are not peaks. We're not talking about peaks. We're talking about the loud, the, the perceived loudness of the podcast over time, right? So, um, peaks will, you can have a peak or you can have a big belly laugh and it will barely affect your long-term measured loudness. What you're going for is a consistent minus 16 luffs. Um, and, and you should use normalization to, to, you know, among other things to achieve that. Um, so it's a long-term average. Um, you should never peak above minus one DB or you're going to have distortion. Again, I do hear that on some podcasts that I listen to. It's really annoying. Hmm. Uh, each vocal track should use a compressor. Um, this is compressing the dynamic range because what happens is if I move away like this for a second or if I get really close to my mic like this, you will hear a difference, but you will the, the loudness will not change cause, too much because I'm using a compressor to compress that down, right? So if somebody gets a little loud for a second, it will be quieted down. And if you lean away from the mic or you talk a little bit more quietly for a second, you'll still be right. able to hear it, right? So use a compressor. Um you know, don't go crazy. You don't want the sound super compressed and super broadcasty. You know, the um, old radio standards often sounded very, very compressed. You don't want that, but you definitely want to preserve what sounds like the d- dynamic range, but you also want to be able to hear it all the time. Um, editors should employ DSing if needed. Um, again, I hear so many podcasts where the S's are so sibilant. So <laughs> please use a DSer if needed. I find, Joe, that I don't need one on our podcast, although because I did that, I probably will this time. But you and I don't have a problem with sibilant S's, but I will – I don't hesitate to de- employ – it's really easy in – in uh, not Pro Tools. What is it that I use? Um, Apple's thing. Logic Pro. Logic. Uh, Logic Pro. It's really easy in Logic Pro to drop a DSer on there, and it, you, otherwise you can't tell it. It'll just reduce the sibilance of those S's. This one's a little harder, uh, but I wish that more people would make themselves – educate themselves on how to use an EQ uh, to make people sound good. Because most podcasters don't have mics that cost thousands of dollars, um, like professional broadcasting mics. They have, like you and I, $100 to $300 mics. So use EQ. Uh, do you want me to keep going or do you want to interject anything? 
Uh, no, no. You're on a roll, and this is good okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. So more pet peeves. Your podcast does not need to be stereo <laughs> unless you're playing oh, a lot of music or it's a music review podcast because – Generally, you want it to be the same in both both ears, so you just need one one channel. You don't need two channels, so it should be mono. So your podcast should be mono, um, and again, unless that's like a music review podcast and the tracks you're playing are in stereo. Dramatization. And then there is another podcast that is about sound engineering and how sound works. So they yes. use a lot of audio tricks to in stereo present ideas of sound and how sound works so yeah unless yes, you're fine. doing something cool like that yeah uh, mono all the way it sounds real it sounds like the real human voice in a in a manner of speaking yes. certainly convincing right yeah so if you're doing especially if you're doing an audio engineering podcast that makes sense or just some special education but in general your podcast yes you does not need to be stereo and especially, uh, I, this this happens uh, once in a while on a podcast that I'll try to pick up and I realize they're doing this cute stuff and so I stop listening to it because I can't take it, especially if I'm listening in headphones. But they try to mix um, and put the host a little bit, you know, one host a little bit to the left and another a little bit to the right and that just, ooh, in headphones, that just doesn't work very well. Um, this is, yeah, don't do stereo. Um, I was listening to an audio book where it was the worst example where the it would have the um, – the thoughts of the main character in you you can you know in in the text it was probably italicized to kind of show that they were thoughts but well the way this audiobook chose to do it was to pan it almost all the way to the left so you could barely hear it in the right ear and it was mostly in the left to show that it was different from the other text like there's other ways to do that <laughs> don't do that it was so annoying it was so bad <sighs> so don't get cute with the panning um Turn off the track of the person that not currently speaking. You want to remove unwanted noise. Uh, Joseph, sometimes I'll be clicking and making noises while you're talking and vice versa. And so it's really easy to just uh, – what I do is I use the blade tool as I'm editing. And there's also strip silence and so that you can see when that happens more easily. I, I find the waveform is good enough for me. I'll take the blade tool and I will just snip that entire thing out of there when I'm not supposed to be talking. I'll listen a little bit first. I'll look for any blips in the in the waveform to see if I'm actually doing a mm or mm-hmm or you know, agreeing with you. And I'll leave those in or and, and vice versa for you. But generally you want to remove unwanted noise. And it doesn't take that long to do. I edit this show, and I I believe it sounds pretty professional. I edit it in about an hour and a half. So you can do it. <laughs> it's fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And don't leave empty space at the beginning or end of your episodes. Please don't. <laughs> In particular, it's it gets really old if you find those podcasts at the end of the show. They have accidentally like four minutes of silence, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, you you're waiting for it. You're at the gym. Oh, come on. When is the next yep. podcast? Yeah, you're on the start? treadmill or something and you're like, it? oh, I got to pick up my phone and hit skip. And, oh, it's so bad. <sighs> yep. Throws you off your groove. Yeah. So, um, and, and now watch karma come back and bite me and there's going to be something wrong with this episode in the editing or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And finally, for my pet peeves here, content pet peeves. Don't ramble. Get down to business. Uh, I used to be, do a little bit of this with my, you and I with our older podcast where we'd ramble a little for you know several minutes at the beginning. And you'll notice late, lately we with our new with HiFi we dive right in, and that's because as a listener I know what listeners want. <laughs> they want you to get to the point. So don't ramble. Nope. <sighs> be professional. Don't yak on and meander through your show. Um, and, and oh, here's a big one. 
Your show doesn't need to be live, and you don't need to be talking about how live you are all the time. And I have good <laughs> tech podcasts, and they always talk about – they're always referencing the live audience. And it's like, no, your podcast doesn't need to be live. Yes, you. It doesn't need to be live. That's a good point. That is yeah. a good point. There's and, a lot of good shows that I listen to that are either live or pre-recorded, yeah, edited, yeah. and I think that they can turn out great either way. And, and yeah. you're right that it doesn't it doesn't make a huge difference, especially when, well, you know, I listen to so many live uh, audience, you know, well, I'm saying live streams, and but it's always after they're edited, and you know, I get them in a subscription in a podcast app, so. I, it's never motivated me to tune in when a podcast was being recorded. I, I just don't make the time no. for that sort of thing. I've never done it. I've, I've done it once or twice for the novelty of it to see what it was like. And I just like, no, I'd just rather wait and hear the edited episode. <sighs> Finally, one last pet peeve. Learn good mic technique. If you're going to be podcasting a lot, take the time to figure out good mic technique. This is going to be a little different for every mic and every person. So I, I can tell you what I do for good mic technique. Um, and that is that I do not speak directly into the microphone like this. You'll notice that it doesn't sound as good. I speak over the mic. And, and this, I know what the angle of this mic is. I know, you know, kind of, and I, I wear headphones and I monitor myself. You, look, if you're going to do a podcast, you got to get over, I don't like the sound of my voice. You got to get over that. <laughs> I don't like the sound of my voice either. I think I sound like I'm, I think I have a pretty good tenor one singing voice and not a great speaking voice, but it is what it is. And I love to podcast. And so I've learned to use good mic technique. And so that is uh, – Dan Benjamin, I'll try to put this in the show notes. Um, let me make a note here. Um, Dan Benjamin mic technique. So Dan Benjamin has a really great um, tutorial on this as well. And again, he'll even reference – it'll be a little different for every mic. But in general, you don't want to speak directly into the mic. You kind of want to be speaking across the mic. You do want to be in the right – especially if it's a dynamic mic and not a uh, a wide you know wide pattern mic or something like that. Uh, you want a narrow range and you want to be speaking into that range. But if you're speaking directly into the mic, you're going to get a lot of puffing and stuff and it's not going to sound very good. So you want to figure out what sounds good on your mic and pay attention to the placement of the, your mouth relative to your mic. That's essentially what good mic technique is. Uh, you're going to make me all self-conscious. I've been doing this for <laughs> well over 300 episodes of various podcasts for years, and I still feel like I have room for improvement. But it's Well, we always do. Yeah, it's it's hard to master. And you got to be forgiving, like you mentioned in the outline, that there's a wide range of different microphone technology quality. So do the best with what you got. And you can get really good mics that are affordable, like a sub $100, or uh, on an average, you can get a lot of professional microphones that are in the ballpark of 250 or 300 But even those, they they really are lacking a lot for what you can get out of professional audio equipment if you would spend a thousand dollars or more. So, you know, do the best with what you can afford and also work on your voice. If you can't afford higher end audio tech and if you can afford the audio tech, then make good use of it. But even bad technique with a good microphone is still going to make you sound pretty terrible. I know a bunch of people who will use a high end quality microphone, but then they'll use effects to make it sound boomier or bassier mm. or too too bright. And it, it, I don't like an over-engineered voice. I want it to sound as close as possible to what's more appealing, which is 
you should sound like a human being. You should sound like sure. you're right here with me. I want to know mm-hmm. that this conversation is in a real space with a natural voice. That That yeah. is the most pleasant. So the, the two worst things, uh, I just want to touch on this real quick and then we'll move on. The two worst things you can do for mic technique, and, and this is the one I hear the most often, is people, they talk back here. They're not close enough to their mic. And notice how terrible I sound and how roomy it sounds and how unnatural it sounds. Can you hear that, Joe? Yeah, when you say that, when you say that, how far back are we talking? You, you like 10 feet away? No, no, I'm only, I'd say about eight inches from my mic. Oh, I've just, moved, man, I've just moved back about six inches. Yeah, and it's it's awful. And especially if you have as so let me let me move into the correct range. <laughs> especially if you have as I recommend a dynamic mic, uh, which I do recommend because you don't want to be picking up all the room noise. But that means you need to be incredibly close to your mic. I'm literally I would say a half inch from my mic right now. And again, I'm not talking directly into it. I'm talking a little bit over it. It's angled slightly toward me, and then I'm projecting my voice like basically right toward my computer monitor. All right, um, let me adjust my pop filter to your standards. And I'm guessing if you're about half an inch away, this is what I sound like at that distance. How do I sound? Do I sound better? Do I so sound... for your mic, it sounds like you're mm-hmm. too close. Ah, okay. I would, uh, yeah. Again, it's going to be different for every mic. Yeah. I don't sound like oh, I'm too yeah. close, do I? No, no, no. All right, I'm going to go back but, now. But now I do, don't I? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, well, because my my mouth is basically on my pop filter. Yeah, that is too close. So you've got to find for your mic the exact right placement. And and I know what that is for this mic. I've been podcasting with this mic for seven or eight years. Um, it's the same mic that I, I started with. So, uh, yeah. Do you have a recommendation for a podcasting microphone? Uh, there are several. Um, the, 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 so... I'm hesitant to recommend the mic that I have because I think I got a good one. I've heard there are a lot of lemons in this series, but I have the Rode Podcaster. For me, this has been a great mic. I have never had any problems with it. It's always sounded good. Uh, it connects directly to my computer with USB, and so I don't have and, and it has a headphone jack right on it, so I don't have to worry about monitoring it. Dan Benjamin was recently recommending a mic that looked really good, which had both an XLR and a USB, so you could do you could hook it into a soundboard with uh, standard inputs, or you could hook it up and monitor yourself through it. Uh, just like my Rode Podcaster, it is a Sure of some kind. I don't remember the model number. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Um, so I'll, I'll make sure that happens. I will also throw into the list a tried and true microphone uh, in a pretty good price range is the one I'm using. This is the Sure Beta 87A card, Super Cardoid Condenser Vocal Microphone. And you can get one of those for about $240. What did you say the model was? Model number? The Sure Beta 87A Super Cardoid Condenser Vocal Microphone. Yeah, I mean, it sounds okay. I um, I usually recommend staying away from condensers mm-hmm. for podcasting. I would as well. Uh, th- this is a microphone that is pretty popular for a few of the podcasters that made a recommendation for it. Mm-hmm. I think that I could do better for my voice, but it's the one I've got right now. And it's I do want to check Use out it, the other yeah. one that yeah, Dan Benjamin has recommended. I think that unfortunately it's going to be, I'm, I'm guessing it's a little pricier. Uh, it's, it's probably in the same range as my Rode podcaster, which was in the $300 range. But mm-hmm. I will say yeah. I've had this mic, like I said, for seven or eight years and it's been a great mic and it shows no signs of slowing down. And that's the other thing. Actually, dynamic mics are a little more rugged than condenser mics. So you're mm-hmm. not going to, if you beat it around, it's not going to really hurt it. Unlike a condenser, you can mess the, the stuff up in there inside the mic if you start messing around or trying to travel with it. So makes sense. Yeah. All right, Joe, do you want to tell us uh, about your the podcast that you listen to? Oh, I would love to. 
So podcasts, one of the reasons that I am podcasting is because I love podcasts and I listen to way more than I produce there, TJ. In a given week, I'm working on about four different shows. Two of them you'll hear me on. And what I'm subscribed to, <clears throat> I wanted to keep it organized. I would say that I'm a little bit of a podcast app pro professional, you know, power user. And I wanted to make a really good use of an app that made a lot of sense to me, was intuitive, great design, downloads well. It's uh, got a, a great abundance of settings so that it's very flexible if I want to do one thing to one subscription and then something else completely different to every other subscription I have. So the podcast app that I really enjoy is Pocket Casts. And we'll talk about that more when uh, TJ and I are ready to get to it. But what I've broken it down into over the years is I like to keep four playlists. Now, one is for just the shows that I'm producing. So if I need to quickly reference anything that I recently produced, I'll have the last two or three episodes of podcasts that I had a hand in there so that I can quickly reference it. I already downloaded it on the phone. And so that one is just a, like a podcast filter named JCSD for my initials. And that has the podcasts that I produce. Then if I'm in the mood for something a little bit more entertaining and uh, imagine uh, explores imagination and things like that, I've really enjoyed the podcasts by Aaron Menke, the lore podcasts. So he makes to himself cabinet of curiosities and lore. I wouldn't say that these are personal favorites, but they are really good. And I've heard many excellent episodes and been introduced to strange stories, uh, interesting historical contexts, things that have, you know, wild implications and just learned some interesting trivia and strange, strange stories. Uh, if you want to see the weirder and the creepy or the supernatural, you'll check out the lore podcast. If you're more interested in oddities of history more like Ripley's Believe It or Not style and just compelling little historical uh, accounts, then you'll want to look into the Cabinet of Curiosities. Then the next playlist filter that I use for a collection of podcasts that I keep on my 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 app, Pocket Guests, across devices. By the way, I do use my phone primarily, but I'm also using the iPad and my Mac on occasion, depending on just what the context is. Do you find yourself using your iPad or a Mac at all? Uh, I do not use my Mac anymore. I, I mean, it's, I still could, if I wanted to with pod, you know, pocket casts online feature, uh, their, their, their web player, but I just oh. rarely do. Um, I mostly primarily use my phone. It is like the device that my podcasts are on. Um, I also use my watch, although I haven't been doing that since I've been running indoors since it got too cold to run outside. Uh, but I was making sure – I still make sure that they're all, the, my current play, uh, queue is synced to my watch and downloaded so that I can go take a run without my phone and listen to podcasts. And then if I'm on the treadmill and I've finished up an episode of Stargate SG-1 or Stargate Atlantis, which is what I'm watching right now um, on when I'm running uh, on my treadmill – um, and if I finish that and I still have a little bit more run to go, but not enough to do another episode, which is usually the case, then I will, uh, listen to podcasts on the iPad because I was using the iPad to watch shows all with pocket casts. Uh, I, I do agree that, uh, 
Pocket Cast is really good. And it, the thing about podcasts is you don't even need a podcast app if you're going to listen to it like directly from websites or in a live stream. So if you're, but if you want one, then I would recommend Pocket Casts is something that you could check out. Cross platforms, it's to the best of my knowledge, great on the Android devices like TJ has used in the past as well. Yep. It's almost an identical app on Android, just some minor differences, but it's a great app. That's impressive. So the third playlist uh, filter that I like to use, I call trial. And those are just podcasts that I have like on a trial basis that I want to continue to review, think about, listen to a few, get my impressions and see if I really do want to continue listening to these on a regular basis. So they're not automatically added to a queue of tracks or podcasts that I'm just going to automatically listen to when I have another podcast up next. So when you finish one in the Pocket Casts app, you have an up next list. And the up next list, or just next list, is something that you can use in settings to say, these are my favorites. I automatically want these to play. So when one finishes, go right into the next one. Well, in the trial list, I want podca- I want podcasts that I'm still keeping on a trial basis. So a few that have been recommended that I've heard about, I've heard a few episodes that I found interesting, and I'm still keep- keeping them around and uh, for a trial basis. They would be the Knowledge Project, and I can't say that I'm fam- super familiar with it yet, so I'm still curious enough to keep checking it out. Then there's the Art of Manliness, and that is an interesting interview show. Some of the experts are better than others that are on the interview. And then there's a bit of optimism, which is interesting because I really enjoy the the professional personality, Simon, Simon Sinek. And I like his ideas, I like the way he thinks. I'm not always interested in uh, his guests, but they mean well and they have interesting subjects. So I just don't necessarily know yet if I'm fully committed to his podcast, but I really enjoy his YouTube content. And then there's the uh, not overthinking with the uh, the English doctor turned YouTuber, Ali Abdal. And I forget the name of his friend, but they've been podcasting and the show is called Not Overthinking. And they're really entertaining. Uh, They like to discuss intellectual ideas, sciences, culture, philosophy. And I have been entertained by several of their episodes, even re-listened to a couple of their episodes twice that I was entertained by, found interesting, wanted to share ideas with some others. Then there's the uh, more Christian-related themes, religious podcast called Crossway. And this is from the uh, publishing company Crossway that is responsible for the ESV English Standard Version of the Bible. And it is a pretty well-produced show with interesting interviews, various topics. And uh, there are shows that I enjoy, TJ, even if they could be so smooth and soothing and comfortable that they could have calm. They'll actually put me to sleep. So the Crossway podcast is kind of like that. I don't want it to be so relaxing that I kind of tune out. So it's difficult sometimes if the podcast is not uh, lively enough to kind of hold my attention. It's sort of like listening to public radio interviews that a lot of the NPR and the like, sometimes they're just so calm and gentle and, smooth throughout their entire their entire conversation that by the end of the show uh you've been asleep for 10 hours and 
you've been listening to public radio for 10 hours and you didn't even realize it because they were just so gentle the whole time. So the Crossway is kind of like that. And I, I have enjoyed a good number of their episodes, though. And then there's the Informium, which is entertaining with Thomas Frank from another YouTuber that focuses a lot on productivity and uh, uh, tools that help him be productive. Interesting guy. I've enjoyed his YouTube channel now and watched tons of his content over the years. And the Informium is a little bit more of a casual, long-form conversation where sometimes they're they're dishing out a lot of research and other times it's just more conversational. And I love Thomas Frank's videos. I just, I'm not positive that I, I have all that time in the world to just listen to him for a straight hour or more. Um, for my favorite shows, I can recommend uh, hands down 100% because they're favorites and I've listened to every episode and I continue and I, I thrive on these podcasts. So I feel like the hosts are my friends. Um, we've got Upgrade. Uh, several of these shows you'll you'll hear about are from the Relay.fm network. Um, I'm a member of their network now and I've enjoyed that. I listen to the Upgrade podcast, Connected, uh, the Accidental Tech podcast, Waveform with Marcus Brownlee pretty good podcast too. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit more heavy on the, the news and tech, tech news a little bit more than I would like to have more opinion and discussion, but it's still good. I just want to say about Waveform. I tried to get into that. I was subscribed to it for a short period of time and I probably will subscribe to it or else download one-off episodes around events and stuff. But I, I found that I just didn't care for it otherwise, except for like the special event, like analysis of event stuff. Cause I really like Marquez and his YouTube videos, but I just couldn't get into that podcast. Yeah. Some of them are better than others. I, I tune into every one of them, but then sometimes I'll skip forward. If uh, a particular subject that they're going through is usually just about the news about a thing and it's not, you know, technology that I really care about. So then there's the bookworm podcast. I've been introduced to a lot of good books from those guys and they're, they're really thinking it through. They're sharing their opinion. They're conveying what books are about. And, uh, it's a great show if you're you just want to be exposed to more literature. Then you got the Stallman podcast. Uh, I love Tyler Stallman's videos as well as his podcast. And there's a little bit of overlap there because he puts some of his like an edited down version of his podcast up on his YouTube channel. But if you want the full content, the whole podcast, you get it directly as a podcast downloaded to your phone in the podcast app. So I usually listen to that version. And then there's the Mac Power Users. This is one of the first podcasts I ever subscribed to, I ever listened to back in 2008. And I loved Katie Floyd and Dan Benjamin. And I've been on a few podcasts with Dan Benjamin. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I think I did one with Katie Floyd too. Yeah, she was, she was a guest on one of your podcasts on Night Owl, wasn't she? Was that um, yeah. Tectonic, maybe? Yes, yes, she and David Sparks were at one time on my earlier Tectonic podcast. And, uh, yeah, so th that was good times. And so I'm still happily listening to it now with Stephen Hackett. Then there's the Mac stories unplugged and unwind podcasts. I really in have found John Voorhees to be, uh, an interesting guy to listen to I like his thoughts. I like the things that he is usually interested in and like to hear about them as well. And Fe you can't get enough of Federico Vitici and I love their banter from time to time too. So it's good. I just enjoyed listening to Unwind earlier today. 
And then there's the Ungenius podcast, which kind of feels to me like the equivalent of Cabinet of Curiosities for the Relay.fm universe. And it's fun to listen to Mike Hurley and Stephen Hackett just explore random subjects on Wikipedia. Then there's the Adapt podcast with Ryan from Max Stories and Federico Vatici. And if I am running low on time in a week, I might save Adapt to be you know, for last because I'm already listening to two other Max Stories podcasts. But I enjoy their content as well. But it's usually dedicated to just the iPad. And they'll explore iOS, iPhone, and Macs uh, tangentially as it relates to something to do with the iPads. Then there's the Cortex podcast. It's one of my favorites. And I have never missed an episode. I've listened to a few uh, that I really liked twice. Just went through the, the episode where the guys played a uh, choose-your-own-adventure text adventure. Uh, with my wife because I wanted her to hear what that was like where they did the Western game. And they did this a few years ago for the members of Relay FM. So it was very fun to hear that again for old times with my wife. And then uh, there's the 20,000 Hertz podcast. TJ, you should check this out. Nearly every episode is interesting. And I can see this having a wide appeal. So it's just creative. It, it, it paints a picture in your imagination every episode with every subject. And it's just an entertaining exploration of the world of sound science. So anytime they introduce a theme, a topic, they have experts on to talk about scientific aspects of the world of sound and all of human potential with it and what we know from the natural world and things, clever things that we can do with sound, with technology. So it is perfect for anyone who appreciates what you can do with podcasts and headphones and, you know, these pocketable uh, audio devices that we keep around. I think that if you're at all interested in talk shows or well-produced content that is kind of scripted, then you could appreciate a few episodes of 20,000 Hertz. Have you ever heard it? I have not. And the problem, the real problem is I'm already having to make really tough decisions about what yeah. podcasts to cut from my life. I don't have, I don't, I, I, I hear you. I can't add another podcast because then I'd have to make really tough decisions if I liked it really a lot. So I'm sure it's good. It's almost like a podcast that you could treat like a binge worthy podcast. Imagine you could treat it like a Netflix show. So on the off chance that you want to take a break from everything you usually listen to and you just wanted to go back and listen to 20 episodes of 20,000 Hertz back to back, it, it mm-hmm. would totally work for something like that when you wanted it to take another break. Yeah. And uh, the last one in my roundup is uh, the top four podcast with uh, Marco Arment and his wife. It is really entertaining to hear them talk about their favorite things. And I wouldn't miss any of those episodes. I've shared it with my wife, too. She likes the show, too. Yeah. So uh, that's my podcasting listening life. Sweet. I guess I should talk about my podcast now, huh? Please. It's your podcast. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's your show. Um, (laughs) So the interesting thing about podcasts, Joe, is that um, you feel like these people that you listen to all the time become your friends. Yeah. And they don't know you from Adam. And no. they they um they have no idea who you are, 
And sometimes you try to break in and you're like, eh, you know, ah, and it just doesn't work out so well. So anyway, I, I, I don't know what made me think of that. Maybe, oh, it's really because yeah. you're talking about top four <laughs> and, and the great thing about top four, but I'll get to that when I, cause it is on my podcast list as well. So the thing to know about my list of podcasts is that these, I told uh, pocket cast to sort my podcasts in alphabetical order. So these are not in order of like my favorites or anything. Cause I would have no idea how to make that list. Additionally, um, I, you know, I have a very specific way that I do my podcast, but it does not involve the filters that you use, Joe. Um, basically, my podcasts all come in uh, to uh, my one filter, which is um, – it's the built-in filter in Pocket Casts called uh, – here, I'll tell you in a second. Why am I – Download? Uh, no, new releases. So I use the new releases, um, and I basically I have everything on that list auto download as it comes in because it's not that big of a deal to just delete it if I don't want to listen to it. And I do have a couple of podcasts. It's like, eh, I'm going to skip episodes. Um, but basically, and then it adds it to my up next queue and then I'll remove it if I don't want it or I'll move it around, etc. Um, in my listening queue. So okay. that's kind of how my thing works and it's either listen or don't listen. I don't, so I don't use filters. So here are my podcasts, and, and again, and only in alphabetical order. That's I was going to say no particular order, but that's not true. It's alphabetical order. So 20 Max for 2020, this is a limited run series, and then I'll have room for more. And it's only like 15 or 20 minutes an episode. And basically Jason Snell, formerly of Macworld, these days of Six Colors, uh, this website that he runs, um, he basically decided for 2020 he was going to choose 20 of his most notable Macs, not favorite, not – um, not best, but notable, like the ones he considered notable. So 20 max or 2020, it's been a really enjoyable ride. Uh, the series is almost done and then I'm assuming it'll be retired. Um, so, cause there's only 20 max and it's only going to be for the year 2020, but it's been a really enjoyable ride and he's gets all kinds of guests. John Syracuse, as you might expect, uh, Mar- Marco Arment, uh, John Gruber, some older, um, editors from the, you know, like the olden days of Macworld magazine and these sorts of things to discuss these Macs, both new and old as he goes through them. So that's been a lot of fun. The Accidental Tech Podcast uh, with John Syracuse, Marco Arment, and Casey Liss. Uh, who the hell is Casey? <laughs> um, you know, I used to listen to Build and Analyze back when Dan Benjamin and Marco Arment did uh, that podcast, and I used to listen to um, Hypercritical, which Dan Benjamin and John Syracuse did. And so then when those shows ended, I was so sad, but then they started that podcast neutral, and I enjoy certain types of cars, but I'm not a car person. And so that their show was about cars and I really didn't listen to it. But then they started uh, doing this accidental tech podcast at the end of each episode of neutral. And then they, it just sort of, in fact, the first couple of episodes in the, in the ATP feed are those just snippets of show. And then they just started doing whole episodes and it became a thing. So the accidental tech podcast it is a really great tech podcast. Um, they occasionally dive into politics, which I don't always appreciate very much because they're very liberal and I'm very not liberal. But that's okay. I mean, I don't mind people with differing opinions. It just gets annoying sometimes. Um, so, Accidental Tech Podcast, gr- you know, really smart guys analyzing mostly Apple technology, although other technologies come in as well. So, highly recommended. Um, advisory Opinions with David French and Sarah Isker. I mentioned I was a conservative, and this is my. I think it's my only political and only conservative podcast. Um, and I would not – it's interesting. I call David French an old-school conservative because he is the type of conservative I was raised as, not what conservatism has become in the Trump era. So oh, yeah. take that for what it's worth. 
Um, but he is a really sharp guy with a lot of sharp analysis. I don't listen to every second of every single episode. Sometimes I'll listen to partial episodes, but I feel like it helps me stay informed. I, I'm more of a conservative libertarian. He's more of a, uh, you know, like a, I guess you would say a Ronald Reagan conservative, which is fine. I'm, you know, and there's a lot of crossover there. So it's, it's, it's good to listen to and they have a lot of great stuff. Uh, then there is Art of the Score, Andrew Pogson, Dan Golding, and Nicholas Buck. Unfortunately, they haven't released an episode in quite a while. Um, I think the last one was earlier this year. They did the, the – they analyzed the music for The Little Mermaid, um, and I think they've had like something like 25 or 30 episodes. It's not a lot, but I have listened to every episode, and it's – oh, no, the last one they did was The Mummy. I think I did skip that because I hadn't heard that or seen that movie. Um, but, oh, they did How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, Little Mermaid was, uh, okay, that was 2019. Hmm, interesting. Okay, I've lost track. Yeah. Anyway, the last episode they released, I guess it was August 31st. Okay, not quite as long ago as I was thinking. So they, they release episodes occasionally. But they analyze film scores, and that is, I, I love film scores. So, um, that's a great podcast. I wish they would release more episodes more often, but there you go. Um, I also listened to a podcast called Biff. It was formerly known as the Speedy Arrowcast, where they uh, would talk about episodes of Arrow as they happened. And then when Arrow ended, they didn't want to end the podcast, so they pivoted and they do all kinds of stuff. And they pick a show and they'll analyze it for a while until it stops. And then they'll do like, you know, drafts as people on The Incomparable are wont to do. Um, it is an incomparable podcast. Um, the what incomparable. does uh, Biff stand for? So it's a joke. Um, in Arrow, there was a character called uh, named Biff Conklin. He was like on one episode, <laughs> and uh, but they they real they, I don't even remember him. But these guys really liked him as a character, and then he was in one episode, and so they started rating episodes. Is it a Biff or is it a John Junior? Because it's a it's a long. Uh, it's hard to That's explain. Great. They have this rating system, and it's a, it's an inside joke. And so then yeah. when they did their when they renamed the podcast, they renamed it Biff. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a really fun podcast, and they talk about a lot of, of great TV shows and movies and superhero shows and all kinds of things. It's Dan Morin, John Maltz, and Guy English. Uh, if you if you don't know those names in the tech world, then who even are you? So um, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, then there is the Cinescope. Co- uh, blah, 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 blah. Then there is the Cinescope podcast with Chad Hopkins, um, and so he. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that you and I, Joe, got him into podcasting, and uh, he was on the Movie Byte podcast. Uh, he took your place when you had to go on hiatus for a while, and not that anybody could replace you, Joe. I'm not saying that, but he was my co-host on the Movie Byte podcast when you were not able to be on that show for, uh, I think it was about 50 episodes. Uh, it was um, like a year. Yeah, so something like that. So so Chad uh, has a Cinescope podcast now, and he will have a guest on every episode and talk about um, a movie. I've been on the podcast a few times. I believe you've been on it, Joe. Is that true? I think I was near the beginning. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, it is a, he, he doesn't release episodes as often as he used to. I think he's just been busy with life, but he still releases – I mean it's still an active podcast. He still releases episodes from time to time. So um, yeah, Cinescope podcast is a great podcast. Then there is Connected with Federico Vitici, Mike Hurley, and Stephen Hackett. You mentioned that one is one that you listen to, as well as ATP. I forgot to mention that. Um, it's a great podcast. Um, I um, I have no I have nothing against Federico, um, and I know that you appreciate him a lot more than I do. I I find him to be a little bit of an overanalyst. <laughs> he overanalyzes everything, and it annoys me a little bit. But it's fine. I enjoy the podcast. I really like Mike. I really like Stephen, and I really like Federico for that matter. So it's a great podcast. 
I have really enjoyed Dithering with Ben Thompson and John Gruber. It is a subscription podcast. It is the only podcast that I subscribe to. Uh, it's $50 a year. Um, huh. And uh, it is uh, guaranteed every episode. They do three episodes a week, and it is 15 minutes. And it, it no more, no less. And it is really great for John Gruber to be constrained that way, let me say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like John, but he, yeah, he needs a little bit of constraint, and that is great. And Ben Thompson, I, I love how he tends to, and again, I love John Gruber, and I think he has great opinions, but sometimes his head's a little bit in the clouds, and I think Ben Thompson is a great anchor. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, you know, not like, oh, he's weighing him down, but I mean, in just in, he has a much more, I think, uh, kind of grounded opinion of, of whatever it is they're talking about, and it tends to represent my views a little more, so I really have enjoyed that. I listened to Equinox with Dr. Rob Carter and one named Joseph Darnell. Have you heard of him? Oh. Yeah, I, I think he sounds familiar. Okay. I'm a little behind on that podcast right now. I'm behind on all my podcasts, but I make sure I listen to every episode, and it's really great. I really love listening to Dr. Carter. He recently did some debunking of some of the junk science surrounding health. I really enjoyed that um, because I've been uh, – in my almost 40 years on this planet, I've been around many, many health fads come and go, and uh, the latest stuff is is just killing me, and I'm, I heard, I was glad for him to debunk it. Uh, let's see. The Incomparable, the main podcast of TheIncomparable.com with Jason Snell and guests. I do not listen to every episode of this podcast. I, when an episode comes in, I look at it. I look at the description. I say, are they talking about something I'm interested or not? And uh, sometimes I am and sometimes I am not. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a very – it just sort of depends. So that's a great podcast. Uh, I listen to an, a podcast called The Picard with Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and Keith Ruckus. As you might imagine, this is about the show – Picard, based on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation's Jean-Luc Picard. Um, and so anytime there's a new episode, uh, so it's very like only when there's a new episode. So anytime there's a new episode, they talk about it. And I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. And it was great. Dan is not doing many podcasts these days that I care to listen to. Uh, but it was great to hear him and Hattie uh, podcasting again. And great to meet Keith Ruckus, who I'd never heard of before. Then uh, you're, this is where my uh, <laughs> my nerddom is is on full display here. Random Trek with Scott McNulty and a random uh, a non randomly chosen guest. So they will take Scott will will uh, take a random episode of, of Star Trek and talk about it with a non random guest, um, and that is great fun uh, because I have watched every single episode of Star Trek there is to watch um, at least once, usually many more times, and so I usually know a few a few statements into the description of the episode what it is they're talking about, and so that's been a lot of fun. A more recent podcast, I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but The Pod Directive is an official Star Trek podcast from official, you know, Paramount, not Paramount, but um, CBS sources uh, with Tawny Newsom and Paul F. Tompkins. Tawny Newsom is the voice of a character in the latest animated Star Trek series. Uh, and the couple of episodes I've heard have been really fun. So I'm, oh, it's cool. basically on a trial basis. I've been giving it a try. I usually don't like like official podcasts of a thing that I like, but we'll see how that goes. So then there is the talk show with John Gruber and guests. Um, this this one is interesting. I have really enjoyed it. Um, but I um, as as um, Amy Gruber described it, it was almost as if her parents got divorced all over again when Dan Benjamin and John Gruber broke up and stopped doing the talk show together, and then John Gruber took the talk show name and made it his own new show. Um, I initially hated it 
just because I did not like the idea that my two favorite internet pals who have no idea who I am, uh, John Gruber and Dan Benjamin, were not doing a podcast together anymore, and it seemed like there was some bad blood there, and I hated that. And I did not – I still think John was very much in the wrong for the way he approached that and just sort of, well, I'm taking my wagon. I'm going to go do my thing, and you all will just like it. But he has even addressed that. He has actually apologized. This was early on in the talk show, and he said, you know, I should have handled it better, et cetera. And uh, it has become, as he learned to podcast on his own, it has become a really great podcast. And it is now one of my favorite podcasts that I look forward to. So – so there you go. That's that's a it's a great tech uh, podcast. So then there is a, another incomparable podcast, TV T E E V E E, and I don't. Again, this is one that I don't listen to every episode. Uh, basically, I look in, at the episode descriptions. You know, they're talking about an episode of a TV show I have watched or enjoyed or want to hear more somebody analyze, and it's various hosts and and various people related to the incomparable network. And um, it's it, it can be a lot of fun. If uh, right now there is uh, some uh, some folks doing uh, episodes on Stargate SG One, which I is a TV show that I very much enjoy, and so I'm enjoying listening to that. Uh, then there is Top Four with uh, Marco and Tiff Arment. Um, it is again not one that I listen to every episode, or uh, oftentimes I'll listen for a while. And go, I'm just not that interested in this particular thing they're talking about. But but they choose a top four of donuts or a top four of you know, carbonated drinks Surreal. or a, yeah, they'll, they'll hash it out. And, and I, I love their dynamic. You know, it's, it's interesting. Every good marriage is different from your own, my own, you know, you, you, and I imagine you and your wife's marriage is different from me and my wife's and Marco and Tiff's dynamic is very different. And it's just a lot of fun as much as anything to hear their dynamic and how they interact together. Um, oh, yeah. So that is a lot of fun. Uh, then there is the uh, TrekMovie.com po- podcasts. This is a little bit of a mess in technical terms where they have basically one podcast feed but multiple podcasts in it. And I was subscribed to the sh- Shuttle Pod, but then I saw- started getting all the other, po- the other podcasts. There's only two of them right now. It's all kind of a mess, and they're not like super professional about it, but um, they do have two distinct shows in that feed, the all-access Star Trek podcast and the Shuttle Pod um, Anthony Pascal, the founder of the site, and Lori Ulster do All Access Star Trek. And then Matt Wright, Jared Whitley, Kayla Yacovino, and Brian Drew do the Shuttle Pod. And I'm a Star Trek nerd, and so I enjoy all of that. <laughs> so um, take it or leave it. It's fine. <laughs> um, I have picked up – this is a podcast that's kind of on trial. Um, I've been following Brian Jones on Twitter for many years. He used to, He makes software that I used to use. Uh, to compile um, assets of uh, websites called CodeKit. Uh, I've moved on past it, but I think Brian is a great guy. And um, I found he, – he also makes an app called Muzzled, I think, or Muzzle or something like that, and it's supposed to help you with notifications on the Mac. I've actually never used it, but anyway, he and uh, a couple of his friends, Aaron Hendrick and Brian Burkett, now do a podcast called Unmuzzled. So I'm trialing that. I'm listening to a couple episodes and seeing how that goes. Then there is Upgrade with Jason Snell and Mike Hurley. That is one of my favorite podcasts that I look forward to listening to. Uh, Jason Snell and Mike Hurley just have a very dynamic personalities, especially Jason. He's very outgoing and and uh, opinionated, and I often disagree with him, but I find it great fun. So, <laughs> And then finally, my last nerdy podcast, Vulcan Hello by Jason Snell and Scott McNulty. It's where they talk about any new oh. episode of Star Trek that comes out of any series uh, that's new. So. Um, that's a lot of fun. Is there a reason it's called Vulcan Hello? Is the is there a Vulcan Hello? So you've watched the the first season of uh, Star Trek Discovery, right? Yeah. 
yeah, going through it right now on my uh, third season. Do you remember the Vulcan hello when Sarek told um, uh, told Michael Burnham that sometimes you just have to, you know, basically be <laughs> you have to lead with your fists sometimes with certain species. <laughs> I, I don't remember, remember how exactly that. how he put it. Yeah, I, I do see um, it rings a bell, but I don't remember. But that sounds fun. Yeah. Anyway, that's why it's called the Vulcan Hello because they started uh, it when Discovery started up. That's when they started the podcast. All right. Um, so I've been listening since. I mean, they basically had a podcast out the day after that came out, and I was I was subscribed right there because especially at those at that time we were just excited to be getting new Star Trek. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, those are my podcasts. Sweet. I didn't realize that you listened to so many to do with Star Trek. But that's a good assortment. <laughs> uh, you have no idea how into Star Trek I am and how much I love Star Trek. Um, and how much I hate it when Star Trek isn't doing well and it's doing okay right now. So I'm, I'm happy. Um, I'm still hopeful that they're going to, oh boy, you got me off on a tangent. I'm still hopeful they're going to do more movies, but that's a little bit in flux right now. Um, I, my opinion of the new movies with the JJ Abrams Star Trek reboot is that the first one wasn't great. The second one was okay. And Star Trek beyond the third one was fantastic. And that is not a popular opinion. Uh, but it was the most Star Trekky. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it because I've been a longtime Star Trek fan. I love The Next Generation. I love Deep Space Nine. Uh, I even like the original series. Okay, um, and I grew up with it. Like, but I, so we used to watch uh, on. Uh, I think it was TNT, the cable channel that we got when I was a kid. They would air at eight o'clock Star Trek: The Original Series, and at nine, following it, would be an episode, new episodes at the time of Star Trek: The Next Generation. And I grew up watching that, and it was wonderful. And Captain Picard taught me many, many of my values, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we we really enjoyed the trilogy, the new films with uh, Star Trek Beyond. But yeah, my wife and I got into it and went through their films just a month ago. Now you need to show your wife the good films from the original series and from the Next Generation. Oh yeah, you're going to have to give me recommendations. I don't know if I can be a completionist. Star Trek 2, 3, and 4. Star Trek 6. First Contact. And I really enjoy Nemesis. That is not a popular opinion. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I even enjoy the one between First Contact and Nemesis, but that's just me. Anyway, but she should probably watch a few episodes. I I can recommend – I can make all kinds of recommendations for episodes of the original series to watch first because you kind of have to have some history of the show before you watch the movies, Hmm. in my opinion. No, I agree. I think that the best way to go about it is if you're new to it, then you got to start with at least like the best episodes of the show, you know, find a list of like the top 20, catch those so that you get really familiar with the characters and then catch the movies. That's a good way to go about it. Well, I think that's the show, Joe. Good times. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And to all of our listeners, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Um, I hope it is filled with blessings. And um, I hope maybe you'll have this podcast in your ears during Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, we're thankful for all of you. Yeah, for sure. But if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, that's totally fine too. We get it. You're busy with Thanksgiving, and as you should be, with friends and family. Listen to podcasts while you're putting up the tree this weekend. Ah, Sure, that's a good way to do it. I personally listen to Christmas music, but that is – you do you, you, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if you you would like to, dear listener, uh, take up more conversation with Joseph Darnell. Joseph, where can people do that at? I am JCS Darnell on Twitter. Catch me there. And if you want to hear me more, as we already mentioned earlier, we have this podcast, all the episodes we already made. 
But we also have the Equinox podcast, which is available at nightowl.fm slash Equinox. Indeed. And if you would like to continue this conversation with me and talk to me about my Star Trek podcasts, uh, you can do that on Twitter at TJ Draper Pro. And if you want to find show notes for this episode where all the podcasts that we mentioned and a few of the other things that we mentioned before that, where they'll be in the show notes, and you'll find links and stuff, you will find that at nightowl.fm slash hi-fi slash 11. We hope to catch you next time. Thank you.